to Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you will be blessed by this message from Senior Leader Marty Manuel. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's school holidays, so we know we've got a lot of our families away and Ryan and Louise are taking a break in Hawaii right now. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Somewhere. Um, but uh, it's a good, good time to relax a little bit. I know a lot of you still have to work and study and do things as well, so it's not relevant for everyone. But um, we went to Darwin this week ourselves for, for five days and... Um, well, it's nice and warm up there, that's for sure. <laughs> um, it's just great to have a, a relax and a, um, a detox from everything, I suppose, and, um, and sweat a lot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, I want to um, today do a couple of things. I want to share on um, prophetic interpretation. And I haven't really tackled something like this for, you know, as long as I can remember. So this could be good or it could be a train wreck, but just... It's holidays, so I figured we could take a bit of a risk, and um, there's not as many of us here, so, you know, it's not quite as memorable if it fails, but um, <laughs> anyway, so before we get going, I just, um, as we we're worshipping, I just wanted to share with Jaken, um, I just felt, uh, what did I feel? I felt that um, the Lord just wants to encourage you that you are doing so well and he sees your heart and he, he knows your desires and he knows some of those passions and that um, there's no coincidence that you're a goalkeeper. By the way, Jaken is a, a very, very good goalkeeper training for the Adelaide Reds, the soccer team, and, um, and uh, yeah, quite an quite a amazing young man, might I say, with an amazing heritage too. You can ask him about that at another time. But... Um, but what I felt to, to say was that um, he's going to use you in surprising ways. I'm going to say, I've been hesitating whether to say this, but I'm going to anyway because I know what it's like. But he has got a call of ministry on your life. And whether you avoid it or not, it's going to chase you down. It's that, it's that strong. But it doesn't look exactly the same as what you've seen in former generations. And some of those trials that you've seen in former generations, you're not going to have to face because they've already been faced. Um, there'll, be an, there'll be an open door for you at the right time. It's not this year. It's not next year is what I'm sensing. It's in years to come. You'll know it. You'll get confirmation. But it's going to be good and it's going to be a blessing to you. And, and you, you have a, a strong character and a strong anointing that is going to reach many. It's going to reach many. And so don't, don't settle. Don't settle just for mediocrity. Don't settle just for even normality because he's called you to so much more. Yeah? Awesome. Rain, you're right behind Jaken. <laughs> There's no one else behind there, so I'd say. Uh, so I saw you, um, okay, take this as a prophetic symbolism, okay, because this may not be exact, but I saw you um, as a manager giving strong directions to staff and you were in in like a hospital environment and um but you were you were being really clear it was like it was like a very mature but 
but a very strong and a, um, a managerial type ranger. I, I don't know whether you like that naturally or not. I think you may be a little shyer normally. But watch out, because in the years to come, in the growth that he's going to put in front of you, he's going to build a manager in you, a manager of people, a manager of systems. He's given you a clever brain. He's going to give you ideas. He's going to give you strategies. I sense that he might even give you some out-of-the-box um, ideas, creative ideas in your sphere, sphere of influence that is going to be very impacting, very impacting. And um, so ask him, seek him about some of that stuff because in the years to come, it again, it won't be instant, but as you learn and as you train, uh, he's going to use you as a great manager, a great equipper of other people, and you're going to be quite a powerful, um, influential person in your sphere of influence, yeah? How about both of you stand and I just sort of pray shotgun straight through you? Yeah. <laughs> well, Lord, we just... Bless these two young men. Lord, we thank you for them. We thank you for the incredible character that you've given both of them. And Lord, we pray today that you would release blessing upon them, great blessing upon them. Lord, that you would take them on a journey now into deep wisdom, deep character, deep forming of Jesus Christ in them and through them. Lord, that you would promote them, that you would protect them, that you would anoint them. Lord, that your spirit may, even from today, that your spirit may rest upon them in a new measure a new measure, a new measure of anointing, a new measure of wisdom, a new measure of revelation. And Lord, we pray blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't God good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of other people, and I was going to write them down, but I thought, no, nah, I always remember. Danny, you were one, actually. Yes, that's right. You blinked at me, and I saw. <laughs> it wasn't winking, Karen. Don't worry. It wasn't winking. <laughs> okay, so I know, and even in the natural, that this next year you've been questioning, okay, what should I do and all that sort of stuff. So this, is again, is a little bit down the track. But um, don't be boxed in by what your course has set for you for these four or five years. Um, exactly like these other guys he's given you such a good brain such a skilled brain um, and he's going to use that and yes you're an influencer and um, don't be scared to try things to test things to you know dip your feet in take a few risks there's nothing wrong with that um, you know don't play it too safe because you know, I think there's some, there's some really good things that he's got for you in the area of your career and of your mind and of your skills. And um, just like, and it's sort of similar to all three of you, actually, um, Psalm 78, 72, you know, the Lord says of David, with integrity of heart and skillfulness of hands, he, he used by, was used by God. And it's the same for all three of you, but your integrity, he's given you like a pristine integrity. And he's going to use that integrity and the skill that he's given you. And so finally tune your skill. Uh, you know, ask him, how am I going to use this in the next 12 months? I think he's going to show you. You don't need to worry about, oh, what if there's a cliff at the end of this and nothing at the end? There's, there's plans in place already, in place already. And he's going to show you over the next 12 months what that's going to look like and how that's going to play out. Um, but, yeah, he, he's got such an authority on you. He's got such an authority on you. And so as you drink in that wisdom and revelation that he's giving you, 
Um, you're a great leader. He's going to make you into a phenomenal leader. Um, and yeah, there's so much, there's an excitement on what God's got for you. So awesome, awesome. Jesus bless Danny. Lord, I pray that you would give her so much wisdom in the next 12 months. Lord, that you would open fresh doors for her in career, in influence. Lord, make her a mighty woman who would know your voice and know how to walk with you with authority and love. And Lord, we just pray blessing upon her today in Jesus' name. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think the last one was just Richard and Maureen. I, I think you've probably already felt this. And we were talking about you this week, funnily enough, how fit you guys are. <laughs> we're just saying, you guys walk everywhere and it's just amazing. It's, uh, and you look great. But um, I, I just felt to remind you that he hasn't finished with you yet. And um, I know probably everyone tells you that and, you know, you've got so much wisdom and, and learning and experience and all this sort of stuff. Um, but that even, even next year, he's going to maybe start speaking to you and bubbling up some fresh ideas, fresh ideas, ones that you actually have never thought of before. So it's, it's not the old paths. It's not just another sort of mechanism or program but it's going to actually be some fresh spirit-led things that come to you and you go, wow, wouldn't that be amazing? And so I just want to encourage you to dream and listen because I think in dreaming and listening, that's when he's just going to, wow, that's a, that's a different angle. And so, Lord, we pray blessing upon Richard and Maureen today. We pray that your spirit would speak so clearly to them, so clearly to them, Lord, that you would use them mightily, mightily, in this season in their life. And Lord, that you would bless them, bless their family, bless their health, bless their finances. And Lord, I pray that you would surprise them with your goodness. Surprise them with your abundant blessing financially and in other areas. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord. <clears throat> All right. Well, yeah, Karen and I had a little chat, as we often do. Um, you'd be surprised what we chat about, you know, in worship. But, <laughs> but um, you know, we said, yeah, it's, it's holidays, isn't it? So I, I thought it might be good just to have a sleep, have a soaking service. But <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. You can do that this afternoon. Prophetic interpretation. Okay. Um, it's a big topic. I will only cover micro amounts of it. But what I hope to do is, um, here, here's an here's a, here's a example. I met with a pastor from Brisbane, AOG Church in Brisbane, about a month ago. And, and he said to me, he said, I'm the meat and potatoes, and I bring in the chili, and I bring in all this sort of stuff. And I think I told you that story. And I was thinking on that, I was thinking, wow, that's, that's an incredible way of looking at things. And it's like that even for us on Sundays. We can't do everything on a Sunday. Um, you know, we can't sort of go through the New Testament and say, okay, we've got to have a prophecy, we've got to have a healing, we've got to have the word preached, we've got to have, you know, some end time teaching. We've got to, you know, you just can't do it all on a Sunday. Um, and so what I find is that I, I pick certain times to tackle a topic like prophecy or prophetic interpretation or something like that where, um, where I can perhaps pull it apart a little bit more, but you couldn't feed on this every Sunday. 
because it would be like hot chili sauce every single Sunday, and you can't live on that. And, and so this is one of those topics that um, we need to weigh up and have in balance and have in measure. Does that make sense? All right. Everyone, can you just wave at me this morning? Just awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That just makes me feel better. Just makes me feel better. Awesome. Revelation 19.10. Turn to there. Who liked the light show this morning? Wasn't that good? <laughs> it was accidental. I mean, most churches, that's just the done thing, isn't it? You just go with it these days, but that was accidental. We'll, we'll keep experimenting. <laughs> Revelation 19.10. And um, I'm going to read today from the New Living Translation because I love how it actually brings out the main, the main verse in this. Revelation 19.10. And it says... Um, it says, then I fell down at his feet. This is an angel giving revelation to John, obviously. And it says, then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said, no, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Don't you like that version? Revelation 19.10, the second part. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. The first part, I just want to bring out something here because whenever, uh, and you, you see this in charismatic Pentecostal uh, you know, revival movements all over the world, it's very, very easy and we've all probably uh, been susceptible to this, and I certainly have, you know, thousands of times. When the gifts are flowing, and when the Holy Spirit is flowing and moving, and maybe miracles are happening, and some some great things are, are happening, and God encounters are occurring, which we love all of those things. When they're happening, it's very easy for us to fall into the exact posture that um, that John did here, and actually fall down and worship the man, worship the messenger, worship the, the delivery boy, because that's all we are, is we're just the delivery boy. And, and so I think that it's an interesting passage. Just before we get to the essence of prophecy, we actually have an example here where the angel himself is saying, no, do not worship me. Whatever you do, don't worship me. I'm your brother. I'm with you. Isn't it an interesting thought that angels are actually operating with us, even right now. The Bible says they're ministering spirits to those who believe. So there's ministering spirits operating with us. But in a lot of ways, they're working on the same level as us, if you like. So we want to give them no more prominence than what we see in the New Testament. We want to give them no more hierarchy than we would see Jesus or John or the Apostle Paul or any of these guys. Now, they recognized angels and so that's what we're doing here today. We're recognizing, yes, angels are here. The Bible talks about them. And we see them throughout the New Testament. We see them in the Old Testament. But uh, what we need to do is have a balanced understanding and a balanced um, 
agenda so that we're not trying to squeeze something out of angelic realms that just isn't there to squeeze. And so, um, and I think this is where sometimes, and I'm treading a fine line today, because what I'm doing is I'm trying to pull us up to go for more of the prophetic and more of the spirit and to go for more of God and his kingdom, but also put it in a realm where if we've over-accentuated or if we have a tendency to over-emphasize certain aspects, then we put it all in the, the person of Jesus Christ. And so this is a very hard thing. That's why I'm sort of trying to work with myself here on getting this right. Is that okay? Give me another wave if you're still with me. Awesome. Thank you. Because, you know, we don't want to quench anything that God's doing or saying. That's, there's, I have no intention of doing that. But at the same time, we want to make Jesus so big. We want to make his kingdom so big that nothing can dwarf it. Nothing can get in the way of it. Nothing can get in the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I think that we have been a little bit susceptible in revival churches and, and, and revival movements of, of we, love the, the, we love the gifts of the Spirit. We love the miraculous. We love the demonstrations. Um, but in all of that, we need such a strong, healthy dose of the fundamental, brilliant gospel of Jesus Christ. And th this is, you know, an accusation, obviously, that, that um, conservative evangelicals have of Pentecostal, charismatic, revival, shaker, bakers. And, and that is that there's, there's not enough Jesus. And you know what? Um, I, I hated this saying when someone wise said it to us, but... They said to us, you know, there's, and, and I don't always believe this, but I'll, let's just take it with a pinch of salt, okay? Um, that there's a, always a hint of truth in every criticism. And I've analyzed that over the last six or seven years. When there's been criticism, I've taken it and I've gone, okay, what's the truth that could be coming from that criticism? Is there an element of truth in that? If there's not, well, we just throw it out. But if there could be an element of truth of, hmm, maybe... I could have delivered that differently. Or maybe there is a little emphasis that we could just bring back on track here. And so I think that's the little element of truth that we can take as the, as the charismatic Pentecostal churches worldwide. That little bit of truth that we can take from conservative evangelicals is that we need to keep Jesus the main thing. We always need to keep Jesus the main thing. If miracles are breaking out, if gold dust is falling down from the sky, or whatever other thing that we've gone after over the years, whatever has happened, Jesus must be the main thing. And let's keep reading because I think that this actually explains it perfectly. Um, well, it says, uh, I'll pick it up from this verse. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. And then it goes on in verse 11. Then I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True. It's Jesus. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes are like flames of fire and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. Then it keeps going. This is a picture of our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the one we believe in. This is the reason for prophecy. If, if I give a word of knowledge or a prophecy, or if you operate like that in your daily lives or whenever you, every time we do it, it's to glorify Jesus Christ. 
every time we do it, it's to give him glory in that person and in ourselves. If we ever take the glory ourselves and find ourselves getting puffed up and proud, then we're doing the gift and we're doing the Spirit of God a disservice. We're diluting the purity of the prophetic. And I've said this before, but Lauren Sandiford wrote a great book, Purifying the Prophetic. If you are a prophetic person, I recommend reading this book. We have some in our bookshop because he really brings some incredible truths to the the uh, end time, even apostolic um, uh, revival movement. And he brings such beautiful truth in that book that I remember going through it and highlighting and just going, wow, that is so good. It's like, it's like the meat and potatoes of the prophetic movement. And so it's great when we have people like that able to speak these truths. And he's a prophetic minister. You know, so he loves the prophetic, but it's keeping it pure, keeping it holy, keeping it based on Jesus. And that's why I love this passage, because first we have three analogies here in this passage. The first analogy is our tendency when the prophetic is operating, our tendency is to look at man. This is mistake number one. Our tendency is to look at man. Oh, wow, look at that gift. Look at how he or she can operate and give words or knows things about people and all this sort of stuff. And it's a fascinating gift. Um, but then we look through the New Testament, and yes, there's an element of it in there, but it's a very minor element in the New Testament. It's a minor element in the New Testament. And I'm, I'm sure the Apostle Paul moved in it greatly, and, and, and he did. I mean, we have demonstrations of that, but he puts little emphasis on it. And so we have to see here that to rightly operate in the Spirit of God, we take these gifts and we absorb them and we operate in them whether we get any glory or not, whether we get any fame or not. And then the next, next part, which I've read already a couple of times, for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. The essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness of Jesus. Everything about the prophetic movement or prophetic people or prophets or prophetesses or anyone in that realm or any of us who, who uh, prophesy, and Paul obviously uh, encourages us to seek after prophecy as a gift so it's a godly gift it's a good thing but first we seek after jesus if we can raise up people who know how to prophesy incredibly but they know the power of the word of god and they know the gospel of jesus christ as as good as every other thing in their life it raises powerful people who aren't out of kilter who aren't out of kilter we're not majoring on minors we're majoring on the main thing, and that's Jesus Christ. And, and that's why I think it's a great passage from verse 11 onwards. It describes the rider on the white horse because all of prophecy, even when we give a word of knowledge like I did this morning, what that is doing is reaching out, reaching out for more of the kingdom from me into them. But the spirit of that prophecy, if there be, because I only know in part and prophesy in part, I know, you know, there's bits of me in there. So it's, it quickened, whatever quickens in them from the spirit of God, that is the spirit of prophecy, which is yearning for Jesus. It's yearning for more of Jesus. It's not yearning for more money. It's not yearning for, for more of more words or, or a high or, a, or anything we might momentarily get. It's yearning for the rider and his white horse to come alive in us and to be spread forth in everything we do and say. Everything about prophecy must be joined with the rider and the white horse. 
Everything about prophecy must be connected to the gospel, must be connected to the word of God. If we ever get it wrong, that's where we're on dangerous ground. And that's when, you know, bullets of prophecy are incredible things when they're shot at the right target. But if they're not shot at the right target and we don't know how to handle the weapons, then they're extremely dangerous because then we can get into soulish, soulish territory and then we start doing some things which isn't from the kingdom of God. And I may touch on that a bit later. There's a couple of examples in, um, in Old Testament, actually, that I just want to remind us of because uh, I want to set the benchmark really, really high. Sometimes, even in renewal, we've, we've settled... Um, We've settled for hunger pains being a prophetic sign that something's going to happen. Do you understand? Give me another wave. Well, that wasn't really good enough. Can you give me another one just to make sure everyone's with me this morning? Thank you. We'll do that every five minutes or so. Um, do, you, do you know what I'm saying? And I don't mean this as a criticism, but what I, what I want to do is set the benchmark really high. Set the benchmark really high. Let's look at the Word of God and see what prophetic signs and wonders, what prophetic indications, what prophetic interpretations that we see in the Word of God. There's two really good examples in the Old Testament. Um, one is the hand writing on the wall. And you can look that up later, but I'll, I don't want to go into too many. But uh, and then, actually, I'll give you a New Testament one as well. The hand, hand on the wall in the Old Testament. Then we have the dove descending on Jesus at his baptism in the New Testament. And so here we see two very, very dramatic prophetic signs that needed to be interpreted. Now, the hand on the wall, maybe there wasn't too much interpretation because it actually wrote out, you know, an inscription. But by that, it needed an understanding of the prophetic nature of God to actually realize this isn't demonic. Because I'm telling you, if you've ever been into a DVD store, most of the severed hands that I've seen are on the front cover of horror movies in the DVD store. You're all too pure for that, I know. But think about it, if that happened here this morning, a hand on its own began writing, I mean, we might be doing a few things, mightn't we? But this is the prophetic nature of God. The prophetic nature of God is to intervene into our natural lives with his supernatural life and bring Jesus into our now. Bring the culture of heaven, bring the kingdom of heaven into our now and display some of his heart, some of his goodness to us now so that we can yearn for more. Because it's all a leading to Jesus. It's all a leading to our reunification with the Father. It's all a leading. That's what the spirit of prophecy is all about, isn't it? It's, it's pulling us toward the kingdom, toward eternity. And so when we look at it like that, when we, we can see, wow, what is that telling me about the kingdom? Now, there's so many examples I could give of where we've had things in our lives that I might have liked to interpret prophetically because I have a desire of something happening. Or the other way of you might just see something happening you know, in your life, in your work, wherever you are driving along and you think, oh, was that prophetic? And so I want to just talk about that for a minute because I think that it's, it's and I ha don't have a perfect answer by any stretch on this. I mean, we ran out of toilet paper in our house this week. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been to the shops this week. 
Absolutely. See, that's a man answer. <laughs> but you could take that left or right, couldn't you? What I want to, and, and there's plenty of other examples where um, I can remember running on Hallett Cove boardwalk and um, I would run, well, uh, I don't tend to run that way these days, but when I was running there, say, two or three times a week, um, I would obviously see the different seasons. You see summer and winter and obviously rain and, and on the boardwalk there's some of the outlets for the stormwater and there'd be numerous times over the course of the last, I don't know, six or seven years where I've run that and I've run up there and sometimes the creek beds have been dry and I'm like, oh, that's not a prophetic sign. But then other times in winter it would be flowing and I'm like, oh, that is a prophetic sign. Now, you laugh because you do exactly the same thing. Sometimes we take the prophetic in our soulish desires to suit our soulish, what, our soulish desires, what we're actually after in the spirit realm or in the natural. We actually take them and say, oh, I'm going to take that as a prophetic indication, as a prophetic confirmation. Now, I can tell you in the maybe 100 times I reckon I've run at least over it when it's been flowing, I'm like, yes, you know, let the water, I prophesy. And it's good to do. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I've tried to squeeze more out of a running river in wintertime than God actually intended. He actually intended it to be a running river in wintertime. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying if God shows you something powerfully and he releases a prophetic indication to you, you don't take it. But what I'm saying is we've got to have balance in this stuff so that when the real comes about, when the hand on the wall, when the dove, when the sign or wonder comes about, we can see the authentic from the nearly authentic. We can see the real sign from heaven, the real, clear, pure, prophetic nature of God coming through in our life. And we can actually say, wow, that is prophetic on a 10 out of 10. That's there. And it's not to say that the 3 out of 10s aren't prophetic, but it's just that we put, need to put less emphasis on them as a direct and, and an indicator in our lives. We don't make decisions on 3 out of 10 prophetic signs. We only make decisions on 10 out of 10s. And 10 out of 10s come supported by the Word of God and normally by a, a wisdom in many counsel, other people. And so this is how we find balance in the prophetic. Then we can actually journey safely as prophetic people because we know we've got enough safety barriers in place that even if my soulish nature wants revival to break out just because I see a little water bubbling out of the ground and I just, oh, yeah, I've got it. It's going to happen tomorrow. People, you know, and, and okay, this is a little bugbear of mine, okay? I have a bugbear of, of there are prophetic people around the world and I know they're prophetic and, and I love them, and there's no issue with them. However, some share a prophetic word every single day, every single day for every single one of us. I'm sorry, even Jesus himself didn't do that. And I'm not saying that their prophetic essence isn't right. What I'm saying is let's keep it really pure. Let's keep it to the word that the Spirit of God is saying to us now. And, and not just generically, I mean, I've read some of, I've read a lot of them actually because, um, hey, here, here's a hint for you. No, don't go there. <laughs> Let's have a drink, hey. 
Okay, all right, where are we? Keep going. Thank you, Tricia. There's a great word in Hebrew in the Old Testament whenever we see the word seer or prophet, and you've all heard it, and it's Nabi. You've probably heard people talk about, James Gold talks about Nabi prophets. Uh, the word Nabi in Hebrew really means bubbling up, bubbling up. And when we see something that bubbles up, it happens completely naturally, doesn't it? It happens naturally. It happens organically. You don't have to work it. You don't have to, you know, pop it so hard. It's just bubbling up. There's a natural, organic, almost like from a spring of water, there's that bubbling just coming like life and oxygen through the water. It comes up very naturally. You don't have to try. You don't have to really work it up. You don't have to, you know, make sure that you, you got everything right and all the signs are in place. And it's just, a, there's a spontaneity about the Spirit and, and the Nabi essence of that prophet or the prophecy or the prophetic spirit that God has is one of bubbling up. And so when, when we're actually trying to hear from God, that's why hearing God's voice was such a great course because it taught you various tools on how to hear God's voice. And one of them was to just dial out all of the noise, still ourselves down, and then just tune into the natural flow of the spirit. Tune in to that bubbling up of what's he saying right now? What's, what's he on right now for me? What's he on? Or if maybe if we are trying to encourage another person, what's, what's just that natural without even sort of trying to analyze things and review things because that can get into the soulish realm. What's, what's God actually just saying? What's his desire for this person? What's his desire for my life? What's his desire for my work colleagues? And soon enough, that testimony of Jesus will infiltrate us and become a spirit of prophecy. And so when we actually see things through the kingdom of God and through the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy flows. Rather than going for the spirit of prophecy, we go for the testimony of Jesus. And when we go for the testimony of Jesus, we can't get it wrong because we're just going after the kingdom. We're going after Jesus, the real thing, the main thing. And then the spirit of prophecy, Nabi, bubbles up within us and can flow through the heart of Jesus, not through the heart of Marty. And it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference when we minister, when we talk to people through his eyes rather than our own, doesn't it? And um, so, prophetic signs and in inclinations, indications, all of these different things, I believe they're really, ultimately, they're triggers for prayer. Triggers for prayer. There'll be many times that we, um, that we see things. I mean, I, I can think of so many examples in my life where I've looked at things and thought, oh, that, that's prophetic. And then just zero comes out of it. Other times, there'll be something that happens that I'll go, hmm, okay, I didn't want to see that, but I did. Do you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't really want to notice that, that thing going on, um, but I did notice it. So I just take a little bit of notice of it. But all I do is just put it in the back pocket. Maybe Karen and I talk about it. And, and this is one thing that Peter McHugh uh, taught when he was here. And I think it's a really good tool. That between your safe, maybe husband and wife or close, confident type people, um, leaders, people that have you know, a high, high level of trust and respect between. In that relationship, commentary is a very good thing. It's not criticism. Com commentary, as in a, a fair discussion on what did you think of that? 
what did you think of that? It's not putting anyone down. It's not putting any movement down or anything like that. But what did you think of that? And this, this happened. I mean, husbands and wives know this. And you know, maybe with your parents, you had this conversation or other close relationship people. You, you have commentary. And I think that's a healthy thing in the prophetic realm is to have people you have commentary with where you trust them and they trust you. And you say, hey, what did you think of that? Hey, I got it wrong a little bit on that one. Um, so therefore, I'm just going to dial it back a little bit or I'm going to tune in a little bit more or wait a little bit more. But always these things are a trigger for prayer. And I believe if we use our prophetic signs and things like that as a trigger for prayer, then we're going to be much more balanced and stable and able to handle the greater things that he then gives us. Because if he can trust us that when he shows you a prophetic sign or he shows you something in the, in, the, in the natural, but he releases a supernatural wisdom and revelation and understanding to you, and you go take it to him and say, Lord, what was your heart for that? What does Jesus look like this in for that person or that situation or that environment? What does Jesus look like? Rather than sort of shooting it off. Because it's so easy to do that. But if we want more, we be wise with the talents he's given us. So every single one of us hears from God at all sorts of levels. When we continue to grow in learning to spend it wisely, invest it wisely, sow it into the kingdom, sow it into prayer, be trustworthy with what he's showing you, give, give wisdom and revelation a time to gestate in your spirit so that he can show you the fullness of what that means, then we become good stewards with the gold that he wants to give us. I'm going to sort of wrap this up because my iPad ran out of battery during the week and we're away, so I didn't charge it. So I'm just going off my phone today <laughs> and it's a little different. I think there's a few questions that are healthy to ask ourselves when tackling prophetic interpretation. I think a couple of the questions are, where is it coming from? In the sense of where, where is the sense coming from? Where is this sign? Where is this feeling coming from? And do a review, do a self-review. Second one is, am I in a strong state to be reading things like this? In the sense of, am I in a strong state to even interpret anything right now? Or, or am I in a state that really all I need to be doing is, is just focusing on the real simple gospel, on the basics and getting my life right, getting my health right, getting whatever it is, getting these things, the foundational pillars, really strongly in place. Because I would say, we, uh, I said this to someone, not part of the church, came and saw me, I don't know, some many months ago, and they were in a real state and they were reading every little prophetic thing that's going on around them, sensing every little thing on way sensory overload. And I just said to them, stop it. <laughs> I, I literally did. I said, seriously, you need to stop it. Because you're sensing pizza. You're sensing gas. You're sensing everything as a prophetic sign from God that he's trying to tell. He's telling you none of that. I'm telling you right now, you're not in the state to be sensing anything. Just shut down for a moment. Get on the basics. Get on the basics. Get on the basics. Find the peace of God. Spend time with the Father. 
spend time in worship. Get the ship in order because right now it was just way out of balance and um, there was 95% soulish sensory stuff going on that I was just trying to sort of throw a, throw a hook on the ship and just pull it into dock because it was just out of control. And this is what can happen sometimes when, and if we're in that kind of state, we almost just need to say, okay, Lord, I trust you enough to show me that if you're going to show me something, hit me with a brick. And if he really wants to show you, he will. He will. He'll nabi. He'll let the bubbles come up to the surface. And if you've ever tried to stop bubbles from actually reaching the surface, it's very difficult to do. And, you know, if you've ever been blowing bubbles from a straw, as our kids do with drink and it flies everywhere, um, you know, it's very hard to stop those bubbles, isn't it? Because they just, they need to come to the surface. They're buoyant, buoyancy. And so this is what it's like with the prophetic realm. We, we sometimes need to just take a chill pill in the prophetic movement and say, oh, Lord, let that bubble up in me. Let the kingdom of the prophetic and Jesus and his spirit and his nature, let it bubble up in me. And then when it does, I'm going to release it. I'm going to release it to, to those people or to myself or to you or in worship or whatever it looks like. I'm going to then be faithful to what you allow to bubble up in me. And then we don't get that inner frustration of having to sense everything. No toilet paper. It must mean something. No, it just meant we didn't go shopping this week. It, it's, actually, it's actually, it will bring peace. It will bring peace. Because if we chase after everything, I mean, our lights were going spazzo today. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't care. But ultimately, it's, these things happen in life. And when we grow in our understanding, we grow in our maturity, we grow in our leadership, then we don't panic at all these things. We take things, we put them in our back pocket, and we say, Lord, if that was from you, show me another one or you know, speak to me. I'm going to put it in the prayer closet. I'm probably sitting on about 50 things in my back pocket right now, just little things. Every now and then I just pray over them and say, all right, Lord, what was that? What was that for direction or you know, for growing or whatever it might be? And nine times out of ten, they're for me. It's just like interpreting dreams. Nine times out of ten, if he shows you something, especially if you feel it's something that you're discerning a negative, then take it for yourself first. Take it for yourself. What are you trying to show me, Jesus? What are you trying to sanctify in me? What are you trying to do in my life? What does the cross of Jesus Christ and repentance and holiness and purity look like in this situation right now? Don't apply it to anyone else, apply it to me. Because then we become so mature and such wise stewards of the talents that he wants to give us. I love investing. I love increasing the investment in the, in the natural. I love it, but I also love it in the kingdom too. And so many of us, and this is something I actually did feel from the Lord to just encourage us with today. And I think I'll finish with this because who knows where I was going to end up. <laughs> but it's safe, so let's end there. Um, I, I felt, I was going to do this actually at the beginning, but, but I didn't. Um, I felt to encourage everyone that, um, and particularly, um, well, it, there is a particular, but I don't want others to feel like leaving out, so uh, I'll leave it there. But you, you'll, you'll feel a quickening on, on those of you who, who feel this is for you. But, you know, there's a Bible verse, I think it's in Romans, uh, I might get it wrong. I've got three that I'm thinking of right now, so, but... Um, where it actually says, uh, it's, it's Paul, he's saying, you've run a good race 
And then he goes on and says, but who cut in on you and, and stole the prize? And what I felt was actually that first part is relevant for us. You are running a good race. And that and maybe there may be a little warning in this for some, I don't know. But don't let anything or anyone cut in on you and steal and rob you from the fullness of what you're already walking. I, I felt to just encourage you that you're on a good journey. So many have gone through trials. So many have gone through tough times, confusing times, even times of darkness and fear and unknown futures and financial health issues, relational issues. But you are running a good race. You are running a good race. That's what I felt was the heart of the Father, was you are running a good race. So keep running. Keep running. Don't give up. Don't listen to fear. Don't listen to confusion. Don't listen to whatever other rumblings you might have going on. If they're negative, shut them out. Shut them out. Because the enemy is roaming around like a lion, seeking who he can devour. And so when we're wise and we're, we're actually looking at him and saying, no, you're not going to devour me. That situation's not going to tear me down. I'm running a good race. I'm actually being promoted here. I'm actually seeing greater things. I'm maturing in the kingdom. I'm doing things I wasn't doing a few years ago. I'm actually learning. I'm growing. I'm hearing from God. I'm reading his word or whatever it might be. You're building something good. I want to encourage you. Don't let anything or anyone come and steal that from you. Let's stand. I just want to pray for everyone this morning. Just grab hands with the person next to you. It's been about three months since I've done that. It's about time. <laughs> Lord, we thank you that you are such a blessing to us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the spirit of prophecy. We thank you for the incredible encouragement that you bring to us by your truths, by your your incredible love that you want to show us things and tell us things. Lord, I pray that you would show us how to be so wise in operating in the prophetic realm. You'd, you'd help us to be amazing stewards with those talents, those prophetic gems that you give us. Let, let us invest them wisely, wisely in prayer, wisely in the kingdom, wisely in secret, wisely in the sanctified place, wisely in front of the cross, wisely in repentance, wisely in the word of God. But Lord, let the purifying voice of your spirit increase. Let the purified voice of your Holy Spirit increase. I pray even this week, Lord, that that Nabi voice of the bubbling up of the Spirit of God would rise up inside of us. And Lord, even undeniable, unquenchable Spirit of God would rise up and reveal the kingdom of God. Reveal the rider and the white horse. Reveal more of your love. Reveal more of your power and your authority and your miraculous and your incredible heart for our nation and our cities. And Lord, we thank you for what you've given us. Lord, we take what you've given us already and we ask, Lord, that you would help us invest more for the kingdom. Invest more for the kingdom. More for the kingdom more for the kingdom. I pray, Lord, that you would give some of us even dramatic, dramatic dreams, dramatic dreams, that we would be wise dreamers, wise dreamers. Lord, others that you would give us the voice of the Lord for the hour, the voice of the Lord for the hour. You would give some of us an incredible prophetic encouragement for others around us, that, that just that gift, the Nabi gift would, would rise up in this house, rise up in this house. 
Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you would pour out more, more of the Spirit of Jesus in and through us today. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, thank you. Just begin to receive by faith right now. Begin to receive by faith right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you always want to do good things. I thank you for every person here today, Lord, that they are running a good race. And Lord, I pray that an excitement would bubble up inside of them, Lord, and show them and encourage them. They're running a good race. They're on the right track. They're on the right journey. They're taking hold of the right things. And Lord, we just cast aside any doubts or fears. Lord, we cast aside any things of the enemy today. And Lord, we say, make our paths straight. Make our paths straight. Make our paths strong and lit up with the gospel of truth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray today for a refreshing touch. A refreshing touch. A refreshing touch. A refreshing touch for every person in this house, whether you feel it or whether you receive it by faith, receive it right now. Refreshing touch in Jesus' name. Right now. Right now. Refreshing rain. Refreshing rain in Jesus' mighty name. Let it come, Lord. Let it come right now. Right now. Right now. Refreshing rain. Refreshing rain. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, more, Lord. More and more and more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your refreshing presence, Holy Spirit, always leading to Jesus, always leading to the heart of the Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, more of you, Lord. More of you. More of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.